Ksuvas, Perik Dalad, Mishnah Gimel 4.3. The topic of this Mishnah is the rather extraordinary case of the Motzi Shemra, of the man who claims that his wife had an affair with another man after they already had the first step of marriage, legal marriage, Arison. And in the event that it's true and and um, she's had, was a basula and a naara and she was murasa she was this, she was a, a virgin girl who was in the naara stage of her life and was indeed uh, legally married to this man so then there is an extraordinary uh, penalty which she faces so now to understand and if it's not true by the way if it's if it's not true and he was lying so then he faces not just um, lashes the usual malchus that a person gets for doing Isra Daraisa, and but also he pays a severe penalty, a kanas, the largest in the Torah, of 100 shekels, or 100 sela, as the Mishnah calls them, um, which is the largest kanas in the Torah. Now, to understand the significance of the Mishnah, you have to understand um, the background regarding the penalties for adultery. So, first of all, adultery is a capital crime, meaning that it carries with it a death penalty, according to the Torah. Of course, like all punishments meted out according to the Torah, um, it would always require Edom and Hasra, meaning two witnesses who um, warned the wrongdoers prior to their act and said, we're watching, don't do that. If you do that, the consequences will be execution. And the wrongdoers acknowledge that warning and they say, even so, we're going ahead. In such a scenario, which of course is um, in practice, therefore rather rather unlikely, um, but in such a scenario where they were brazen and wantonly proceeded after being warned, two witnesses would then testify before the courts, and then the punishment would be meted out. In the case here, when it comes to adultery, a married woman having an affair with another man, the penalty under normal circumstances is chenek, meaning of the four different ways in which the bezdin might carry out execution. Um, the least severe of the four is called chenek, strangulation which um, involves uh, like wrapping a silk, kind of like, think of like a tie maybe, around the sash around the person's neck, and they pull from both directions, cutting off the air supply to the, the brain, and um, then a person, you know, goes blank and, and suffocates and dies. Well, that's pretty terrible, and Rahman Atzlan, no, it's, it's, it's awful. Um, it's the least severe and the least horrible of the four modes by which the courts can execute. Actually, Paskin, um, it's it's both um, pretty quick and relatively painless, and also leaves the body sort of, um, you know, unmutilated. The most severe form of execution, Howie Paskin, is called skila. Skila is stoning. It involves um, the wrongdoer being essentially thrown off the roof, um, and then assuming they survive the fall, then getting pelted with stones till they die. That's, of course, slow, painful, really miserable, um, and leaves the body afterwards um, mutilated. So that's that's the, that's the worst of the um, ways in which a person could be executed by the bezin. Now, for generic adultery, normally that means if a woman is married, and marriage, of course, don't forget, means already from Arison, from when she accepts the Kesef, Star, Bia, whatever, she accepts to get married, so now she is married to that man, even if they're not functionally married, she hasn't moved in with him, she's still living in her father's home, but they're legally married. If someone would sleep with her, so that's called the Ashes Ish, that's the prohibition of adultery, 
and the penalty is a capital crime, it's execution. Normally, the penalty is chenek, strangulation. There are a couple exceptions, though, and the exception of our Mishnah here is this exception of the woman who meets those three criteria. She's a na'ara, meaning she's between 12 and 12 and a half. She's a basula, never with a man before, and she's mu'rasa, she's um, engaged, let's call it, right? She's already legally married, but she's to this man, but she hasn't moved in with him yet. She's still living in her father's home. If she would be, let's say, for example, a katana, so then she wouldn't be punished at all. Um, but in all of it, just the the man with whom she slept would be punished. He'd be executed. In all these cases, um, both he and she both are executed. If she's if she's uh, if if she is you know older than twelve, etc. Uh, bas mitzvah. But the point here is that in the unusual case of the basula nara morasa, so then instead of getting chenek, she and he will get. Skila, stoning. In addition, the parsha of the Moti Shemra, this weird case where the husband is alleging that his wife was adulterous before they got married, in the while they were legally married through Erisim, but not functionally married through through Nisuin. So that also has the additional element of that the stoning doesn't happen where stonings usually happen. When the Bezdin carries out a Skila, Stoning, it's done in the base of Skila, in the special designated place that's set up for carrying that out. But the Torah prescribes that if the girl had been living with her, like in her father's home at the time, um, when it happened, so then it should be done, uh, in f- and and she is and she is um, she was young. She's we're talking when she was like a Nara. So then it's done at the Pesach Beisavia at like the her father's doorstep, in front of his home. Um, and that's where the execution happens. And if there isn't a possibility of doing it in front of the father's home where she's older already, she's already like 13, whatever it is, 12 and a half, Bulgaris. So then when this happens, that they, they take her, they punish her. The, the actual infidelity happened when she was in Nara, but it's brought to Bezid and so on afterwards. So then it will be done in just in the Shara, in the entrance to the city um, as a public display, but not specifically in front of her father's home. Okay? So that's the the backstory of our mission. Now, our mission is going to talk about three cases, um, all of which have to do with a scenario in which a girl who was the adulterous girl, um, her mother started out not being Jewish and then converted. But although we're going to start talking about the mother here, the mother's not really important at all to the story. It's all about the daughter. The thing is that the verses in the Moti Shem Raparsha refer to um, Nevala B'Yisrael, like a, a shaming, a disaster, a disgrace in the Jewish line. And therefore, um, there'll be scenarios where if this girl isn't like, um, isn't, uh, didn't start out being Jewish, you'll see in the Mishnah, so then she'll be exempt from the more severe skill of punishment and just be on the hook for the more generic chenek punishment. Um, also, we'll see that since we need to talk about the father's home, if she was conceived well, her mother wasn't Jewish, so then there's no yichus, there's no like attribution in terms of lineage, um, such a scenario to her father, like her biological father. She doesn't have a like a lachic father, and therefore, since there's no halachic father, there won't be this issue of the father's home because there is no father's home, so to speak. So, therefore, I have three cases of just depending on when the mother's conversion happened relative to when the daughter was born, the daughter who is now the adulterous girl. So, the first case is Hagioris. 
the mother is a convert, Shnezgaira Bita Ima, that when she converted, her daughter had already been born, and she her daughter, who becomes the adulteress, she converts also. That means the daughter started out not being Jewish. And that being the case, Vizinta, if such a girl is indeed adulteress, so then her penalty under all scenarios, even if she ticks the three boxes of being a Basula Murasa, Anara Basula Murasa, even so, her punishment is the generic case of chenek, strangulation. She doesn't get the um, extraordinary skila stoning death. Nothing happens in front of her would-be father's house. She has no halachic father since she was when she was born and when she was conceived, there, her mother wasn't Jewish. And also, she's not um, eligible for the hundred sela, which is the hundred shekel, Moti Shemra payment. Again, the verses say, Kihotzi Shemra al Basulas Yisrael. Um, that extra word, um, Yisrael, is coming to tell us that it's specifically um, a girl, Mizdari Yisrael, with like Jewish lineage and not a girl like Arsenal Hero, who's a convert. Okay? Um, fine. Now, the second case is Haitsa Horasa Shalom Bekadusha, Veleidasa Bekadusha. Case number two is. The girl in question, she was conceived Shaloba Kadusha when her mother was not yet Jewish. But then the mother converts to being Jewish while she's pregnant. And when this girl who becomes the adulteress is born, her mother is already Jewish, which means that she was born a full blown Jew. The problem is she's not Mitya Chesed, she's not like connected back in terms of her pedigree to her biological father, because at the time of her conception, her mother wasn't Jewish. So therefore, there's no father in the picture, legally. And that being the case, if such a girl who was born Jewish ticks the three boxes of being a, of a Nara, Basula, Morasa, all three of those things, so then she will have Skila as opposed to Chenek, as will the man um, with whom she's left. But but there's no application of this idea of doing the skila, the execution, by stoning in front of her father's house, because there's no father in the picture. So it'll be done back at the, at the Shara'ir, the town's gate. And also, she will not be um, entitled to this hundred sela kanas fine, because um, she's excluded from the verse. Now the truth is actually, the derivation of that is a little, is fairly technical. Um, I will uh, just explicate it here very briefly, but just don't get lost in the weeds. Um, the reason why she gets skila is because, um, although the Pesach says, Ki asa nevala this was done in the Jewish line, and this woman is not like totally really Zeri Yisrael, because she was conceived not as a Jew, so that's compromised. But there's an extra word. The Pesach says, Usaklua anshe ira ba'avanim v'meisa. Uh, they, and she dies. And the extra word of a mesa is um, extra to tell you there's another girl who's dying besides for the usual, usual case, and that's our case of our Mishnah, that the death is carried out through skila, through stoning, if she was born Jewish, even if she was conceived not Jewish. But that's an extra limit to tell you that such a girl does get skila as opposed to chenek. However, that doesn't, we're talking this all happening in the Parsha, the topic of the of the Moti Shemra, and since that word, the Mesa, her execution, does come to say that such a girl would be executed by Skila instead of Chenek, it doesn't um, add the fact, bring bring back a girl who's not um, 
conceived as a Jew to being entitled to the hundred, the hundred um, shekel or hundred seller payment, as the Mishnah calls it, because the verse says Kihotzi Shemra al Basulas Yisrael, and she's not pure Yisrael as much as when she was conceived, she wasn't a, a Yisrael. Okay, fine. Um, the third case is Haisa Horasa Vledasa Bikadusha. She was conceived and born Bikadusha, which means her mother converted. And after the mother was a Jewish woman, then she well, she married some other Jewish guy and they had a child. The point is the mother happened to be a convert, but so what? When the girl was conceived and and all the most were born, already her mother was Jewish. So now she's a full-blown Jew in every sense. That's what the Mishnah says here. She's included in the expression of a Bas Yisrael. She's a Bas Yisrael, a Jewish girl in all matters, meaning in the context here, certainly she would be entitled to a hundred her hundred shekel payment if there was a Shemra against her. If she was indeed infidelitous, she'd have to get skila and it would be done in uh, front of her father's home. Now, the Mishnah talks about the father's home part of things. Yeshla Av, of course, she needs to have a father. But if she has a father, Ve'ein la Pesach Beisa Av. But the father hasn't got a, a home to speak of in front of which we could do the skila. In other words, let's say this is a homeless man. So she has a father, but he doesn't got a home. Or Yeshla Pesach Beisa Av, or her father has a home, but the problem is but the father's no longer alive. So it is her father's house, and maybe it happened when the time she was, when the time she was in Fidelta, she was living with her father in that house, but now that we're actually doing the execution, no father anymore. So now in both those cases, since either there's no father or no house, we can't do the execution in front of what would be called the father's house. So then, Harezo Beskila, she still gets Skila. The fact that we haven't got a father's house doesn't stop the Skila from happening. She'll execute in that unusual way, but it's just done um, at the Shari'ir in the, ta- in the city center, city gate, I should say, this obligation to do it in front of her father's um, home is only like an additional requirement as applicable for the mitzvah. But if it's not applicable for some reason, that doesn't mean it's ma'akev. It doesn't mean you can't do the skila in general. This girl still gets the extraordinary punishments of skila because she did something extraordinary, being that she was a nara basula morasa.